0: Thanks for listening to Open the Word. Today, we're throwing it back and dusting off an episode from the archives. We've had some great conversations over a decade of radio ministry that deserve to be heard again, so you might hear some new voices and old references, but we hope you still enjoy these episodes. You found a place to belong here in the Circle of Friends. I'm Missy, and I have some really awesome guests today, all of them my friends, all of them Uh, have been here many times before, but this is kind of a unique combination and I think it's awesome. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning, Missy. It's always good to be here. Oh, it's wonderful. And Carol, great to have you. Thank you, Missy. I'm so excited to be here again. And Dawn, it's been a little while, but it's wonderful to have you back. Thank you. This is gonna be a good
1: day, I can tell.
0: Uh, I am excited because Carol, you actually asked Dawn to come and I'm glad because uh, Dawn, we've done a number of different things, but I think the last time we were here, and we did talk about your ministry some, but it seems to me like God is just kind of branching you out like a big leafy green tree, which is awesome to see because uh, your roots go down so deep. It only makes sense to me that your branches are going outward and you are having an opportunity to really reach out, I think, in a unique way in the community and across the globe, actually. Yeah,
1: I, th- I think it's been really interesting. One of my um, real deep interests that God planted in my heart was about generations and just helping to connect generations, because I see a lot of disconnect between different things, especially in this time of life, Mm -hmm. meaning that this time in the world, this time period where technology is gaining speed so fast, and, well, one of the things- Yes,
2: and those of us over 60 don't know what any of the
1: words mean. I mean, and that's normal. I mean, it's normal for the older generation, younger generation to have a disconnect to Mm -hmm. some degree, but this is the first time in history where kids now, like when I say kids, I mean, teens, people between the ages of say 13 and 20, um, adults in around the world feel that, and those kids also feel that they have more in common with their peers in another country than they do with adults in their own country. And that is because of technology It's because of that thing called the internet. Mm -hmm. And because of the internet connecting them in a unique way, they actually identify more. So now think about this. If you identify with that means that you're influenced by. So -hmm. now I'm influenced more by peers in other countries than I am by the adults in my life, my own culture, my own elders, where wisdom sits. And so it's figuring out how do we connect to have influence, so that we're, you know, having a part in the generations to come. I mean, Carol was kind enough to bring something about the three C's with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, imagine if there was Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob got his influence from the internet. Right. I mean, that would be like, oh, that would be, it would yeah. be a mess, yeah. right? Yeah. So. Yeah. it'd be yeah. a completely different story. <laughs> it would be a completely, be. yeah. And so that's what I seek to try to help families. Mm-hmm. And I go at it through the business thing, but really my goal is families. Yeah. I mean, business is my door opener because I've been a CEO and that kind of stuff, but When I walk out of the room with people, it's usually I get three questions about their business and like thirty questions about people's families because that's where their heart is. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, I think we all want to be able to communicate with our children and grandchildren, and but it is it feels like two different worlds. I mean, it's it's definitely challenging. Yes, Uh and I think you know when you're talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I think about how important the generations were in the Bible, and even how. Uh, They were to build monuments, and they would build these monuments, and then they would say, what are we supposed to do with these? And God would say, when you walk by here, you tell your children. Because one of the things to be remembered from one generation to another generation, tell your children what happened here. Tell them what God did for you here. But that connection between one generation to the next was dependent on a lot of those things. And we are so disconnected now. You know we, yeah. we no longer have those things that you know specifically remind me to tell my child this and to tell my grandchild this and, and and we have this disconnect we're not on the same page
3: well and it's interesting that you say that because we're more connected than ever mm-hmm. technologically yes but that doesn't mean that we're connected emotionally, emotionally or spiritually right. yes. face or, to face is, right? Mm-hmm. there's very little yeah. connection right. that way now I, I was thinking about that even Um, this morning I was air dropping something to Joanne and Missy and I was like, I don't know how to do this. (laughs) Like my first instinct is always, I gotta call my kids or how do I get this done? (laughs) But I feel like sometimes in that generational thing that because we don't know certain things technologically, like you were talking about how young people connect through technology that we might seem more ignorant and then that wisdom can be lost from mm-hmm. one generation because it's like oh you don't know anything such oh, yeah. a good point point. and so but it's it's like okay i don't know how to do that but that doesn't mean i don't know about life or mm-hmm. experience but how do we bridge that gap right and that's what you talk about and how to and you do I that do. so well and
1: one of the things that really breaks my heart is when i meet parents or grandparents that give up there are people who give up they're like I don't know what to do. I'm I just, just going to let them be because I don't want to have conflict with them all the time. So I'm just not going to engage. And I'm like, no, 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 that's completely wrong. What you have to realize is that as the authority in the life, you know, as the adult, as the person who's been put in that person's life for whatever reason, if that's as a boss, if that's as a parent, if that's as a grandparent, an aunt and uncle, whatever, you've been put in that place in their life for a reason. Mm-hmm. And for you to give up is to give up on one of God's purposes in your life yeah. and how he wants to use you. So you can't give up. So that's why. I really dig in. I do a lot of research is to try to help um, other people connect with their families and to use my own family as my my first place. That's where I start. I'm so I'm a Gen Xer and we'll talk about the generations but I'm a Gen Xer so I'm I'm 50. <laughs> I'm a Gen Xer. My parents are baby boomers. I've been in a family business most all of my life. I have four children. Two of my children are millennials and two of my ch- children are Generation Z and so with that you see I've got all these different generations that I'm really close with my grandma. I live with my grandma a long time. She lived with us. She was a builder. So I know a lot about builders. And then I've got, you know, a niece, that's a, that's an alpha. So we going all through that list. And it's like, how do we all relate, connect to one another? So that's kind of what I'm, I really am passionate about. One of the things, there's lots of things. And I, one of the things that because you know, I do a lot with values. And one of the things that I've realized is that God's just set this up uniquely is that we all connect through values no matter where we're at, we all connect. It's like the universal resonator. And so that's one way to get connected with families is through values.
3: That's so interesting because I was just in um, Texas and everybody there speaks Spanish and English. Like they're all like bilingual. Well, I met people who didn't even speak English. But one thing that we talked about was doesn't matter if you speak Spanish, Pennsylvania, Dutch, English, French, values are the common mm-hmm. worldwide language yeah. and so that is like an amazing connection so we have that technological connection but how do we bridge those gaps you know in language in culture and all those things and that's why i think that this is so exciting to talk about because it's so practical even when um when we talk about the generations and it's like those aha moments that we get when we say oh where do who am i you know and what are those generalities but then you know, we don't all that specifically, maybe just in one little box, but there are commonalities between each generation. Yeah, there really
1: are. And the values are the, we kind of center that on. So our first value in understanding generations is understanding people. And so that's what, one of the things that John Maxwell says, uh, knowing what people need and want is the key to, to influencing them. And that's what, if you, we understand people, if we understand our kids or our grandkids or our parents, whoever, if we're understanding what is really the cry of their heart, that's what that really means. What's in their heart's cry? What are they feeling like they really need? What do they feel like they're missing? What do they feel like they're really wanting? What do they wanna achieve in life? If you know that, you're able to influence them. And so that's why it's so important to know each other because we want to have influence. We have to understand in order to influence. You can't influence without having a connection and you can't influence without having an understanding. And so then people are like, well, yeah, what, what about like, so kids say, you know, internet, I call them celebrities, kids call them influencers. Those are internet influencers, not internet celebrities. So taking that into mind, they're like, well, those people influence me and I don't really know them. And I'm like, well, okay. If you're spending nine hours a day on your phone, which a lot of kids are, when I say kids, that is I just mean sad. Isn't that, that crazy? Is just, that is sad. If you're spending mm-hmm. nine hours a day on your phone, I would argue that you may know that internet influencer better than you know me, because we don't spend nine hours talking a day. Mm-hmm. So I do think they kind of know them. Now, granted, they don't really know their heart. They don't. They know what they reveal. You mm-hmm. know, right. not right. not really right. everything. Right. And a lot of times, that looks better. You know, it may look better than when you're involved in my real life and you see my flaws because we're not being allowed. to be we're, whoever
2: I want to be on right. the internet. We
1: filter out shoes. the flaws. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So, So yes. uh, like, literally like face wise and then character wise, we filter out the flaws on the internet. But that's the thing. They feel like they know them. And so that's why they have influence.
2: Mm-hmm. But that's also why they're easily led astray. Yes. Because they do. There's a relationship built, a surface relationship that's built on the internet. And when you hear some of the things that are going on on the internet, and how easily young people are swayed in one direction or another because of someone that they have got to know mm-hmm. on the internet, and all of a sudden they make decisions and choices that are just off the wall. Sure,
3: yeah. like meeting a stranger. Exactly. Oh, we would think, yeah, exactly. like, Why would you go meet a stranger? Well, I've been that talking to met him. Met all, I've, I've, I've been talking to him for two years.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> well. <laughs> For two years, somebody's been pretending to be somebody that they're not. Yeah, And yeah, so yeah. true, so it's so very, true.
1: So that's what, understanding people, that's one of our key thing, and you know, in, in understanding people, the four things, and this goes all the way, Joanne, back to your dad, and when he wrote about understanding people, I remember there was four things that he talked about, and it was the need to be appreciated, the need to experience a sense of achievement, the need to have a sense of belonging. That's why I think Circle of Friends is a great, you have a place Mm -hmm. to belong. You have a sense of belonging (laughs) and to feel secure. Those are the four things that people need. And I think it's important to remember that even however distance we may feel from somebody, they still have those same four needs just like we do to feel mm-hmm. appreciated to experience achievement to feel like they belong and to feel secure mm-hmm. we all need it mm-hmm. and if you can help bring that to someone's life you can establish connection mm-hmm.
2: and you know i when i when you're talking i think about at work you know and i think about all the employees that we have that come in they're seasonal help they're there for a short period of time and you know you hope that you're being a good influence on them you hope that you're teaching them something and you hope that you give them value because i do think And probably because of the internet and the connection to the internet that is such basically a facade, people don't really feel like they belong or, you know, they have this superficial idea of Mm -hmm. what it is to belong. But to actually belong or to be welcomed or to be a part of something that is alive and moving, Yes. you know, relationship. Don't
0: don't you think the internet itself gives... Uh, a way it, it sort of promotes putting on a mask because in order even to belong on the, you're gonna like you said Don, you're gonna filter out all the flaws so where do you find a place to belong where you really see the real me and you accept me anyway mm-hmm. well there's only one place for that but i think that's what kids are looking for so they get yeah. a, a sense of that but not the real thing on the internet because they know they haven't revealed their their well i self, wonder so. does that
2: not also Actually, lead to low self-esteem in the real world mm-hmm. because I'm pretending to be something on the internet, but I know who I really am, and 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 so the more that you pretend to be somebody else, the more your real flaws. It seems like they yeah. would fester.
1: I think it does, and I think it's that sense of identity too. It's easy yeah. to lose your sense of identity when you're trying to fit into something that you think everyone will yes. accept, uh, right. and that doesn't matter if that's online or, or in a peer group. Right. Anytime that you're, you know, you feel like you now. There's a difference, there's one thing about growing. We all wanna grow, right? So we're all, you wanna surround yourself with people who are in different places in life that you are so you can grow, and that's not being somebody else, that's somebody who wants to grow. But Mm -hmm. when you feel like you have to take on something or everything has to look a certain way or be a certain way, no matter if that's on the internet or in real life, (laughs) however it is. Young or old. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. you're having an identity crisis. Anything that's not growing is dying. Mm-hmm. And so
2: if we are not growing as people, if we're not growing and connecting and maturing and learning, you know, we become stagnant. And so uh, this actual discussion uh, to, today and throughout this week is going to be a very growing experience for me. I've heard this topic before. I heard you speaking at an event and it, there was so much information I could hardly take it in.
1: Yes. <laughs> and even sitting
2: here, I'm thinking, okay, I have to remember all this. And I'm thinking, <laughs> no, I, I don't think I can. And so, <laughs> so uh, it'll be an interesting conversation conversation but um the the influence that the internet has right now on an entire generation um and you can see how it divides just by going out to eat
3: mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm.
2: uh and and unfortunately it's not just the children who are sitting there on their cell phones mom and dad each have one too and there's no That's communication the at all yes. yeah. and uh, you know this is this is kind of a side note but you know that communication that thing that Uh, Where you're sitting in face to face conversation, even in our own community here in Amish country, you see a lot more bicycles than you used to. And so you have all these bicycles, you know, all over the place. And so not long ago, um, I was talking to an an older lady whose husband passed away. And I asked her, I said, So if your husband was still living, would you guys be riding bikes? And she said, No, we'd be driving a buggy so we can talk to each other. And I thought, you know, that is something that's going to be lost because now you're on two bicycles you know, you're not communicating at all. Where if you went away in a buggy, it took you a long time to get anywhere and you didn't have a radio. It was the two of you and your family and you talked and you communicated. And I don't think even the Amish realize what they're going to lose through this bicycle experience.
1: That is crazy. I never thought about that. Wow. Yeah.
2: It's such, you know, when it's like now when I see a couple on bicycles, that's what I think. I think, man, they're losing communication and communication is so vital to a way of life. You know, it's like, if I want to teach my children, you know, what I value in life, I have to communicate and they have to see that in me. And I have to have time with them. I have to talk to them. And I don't think that there's too many English families who have that connection that the Amish had just because of the buggy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. It is something that you have to make a point, you know, you have to really make it a point to one of the things that I heard recently from somebody was actually a grandparent was, well, I pick them up from school or cuz there's someone that's helping with their grandkids and they're like I pick them from school and they don't talk to me. So they're not going to talk to me, I'm not going to talk to them. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 That is not the answer. Uh-huh. You know, you have to be the one to talk mm-hmm. and make communication. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ask questions. Mm-hmm. Get interested in their life. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things that I do, this is just one of my tips to people. I have a 15-year-old. And so when I pick her up from school, I just go through her whole day. I know her schedule. I make it a point to learn her schedule when school starts. Okay, and then I go through it. So first period, you have history. So what happened in history today? What did you guys do? What did you guys talk about? Anything funny? Happened, and I go through the whole day. And some days, I know I'm kind of wearing her out. But it's a way for us to connect. Because mm-hmm. if you just ask, "Oh, how was school today?" It was okay.
2: That's know? exactly that is what exactly happened? what happened. Nothing
1: happened. Mm-hmm. Did you learn anything? Uh, yeah, like you did nothing. So you mm-hmm. have to really start. Yeah. You shovel out and take a little yeah. bit. And then you'll unmine you'll unearth these little things, like these little stories. Oh, you know what? In this class, this happened. This was really funny. Da, da, da. And then you actually get to right. know about the day. Well, and I
2: think that's such a wonderful thing because you're creating an experience and you're creating a uh, friendship with your with your child yes. where communication and I mean how many parents have that? I have one thirteen year old granddaughter that I will get messages from and she'll say, Nana. Can we get together so we can talk? Aww. And you know, so I'll pick her up after school, we'll go to a coffee shop and we'll sit and we'll talk for an hour or so. And she'll talk about the things that she's facing and she's not sure how to make this decision or that decision. Wow. And I mean, I feel so blessed that I have a thirteen year old granddaughter yeah. that wants to come and talk about problems and issues she's facing and and what do you think here, you know. And uh, she was trying to make a hard decision and, I, and, and the decision was something that was fairly simple, but in her mind it had become complicated. Her, yeah. And she said to me, well, what do you think God wants me to do? And I looked at her and I said, honey, I don't think God's going to care which decision because it's not like you're talking about a decision of should I go rob this store or shouldn't I? Yes. It's like, you know, can I play this or should I not play this? You know, so it's not a right or wrong decision. God doesn't care. You know, God loves you regardless whether you do this or not. It's not going to make a difference in your relationship with God. And so, you know, to clarify that in her mind, mm-hmm. I saw peace come on her face mm-hmm. when she realized yeah. God wasn't going to be upset with her if she didn't do this or that.
0: And beyond wow, that moment, what a, what a teaching for her to for other decisions that she's going to make. Mm-hmm. You know, I, my little granddaughter, I think she was seven or eight at the time, she would call me, get her mom's phone and call me on the phone. And, And she'll often say to me, Mia, we've got to talk. So we go in the other room and, you know, a lot of it, it, seven and eight years old, as you know. So I had her on the phone and I finally, I put her on speaker so my husband could hear And she was giving me the whole spiel about her best (laughs) friend and how she now liked this other, I mean, she was just rattling it off. And I was sitting there just thinking, don't laugh, don't say anything. And and, Mm -hmm. you know, Ned and I were listening to her and we talked about it later and I said, if we don't listen to her now, she's not gonna pick Mm -hmm. up that phone and say, Mia, I need need Mm -hmm. you, what should I do? Mm -hmm. Um, And so if we shut our kids off early, that's Mm -hmm. one of the ways that we can keep that line Well, and and
2: something else that I really think about, and I think about it probably more since my dad has passed away, because my dad was such a strong influence in my life. I mean, my life was largely based on my father and what he taught me and being around him. And, And I can already see in the next generation that you know, his, his influence is already diminishing. Mm-hmm. And, and and that breaks my heart. And then I, in my mind, I think, so once I pass away, what will I have left that my grandchildren will say this about Nana or that about Nana? What will I have, what will I have planted in them? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think about that a lot. You know, it's something that's become very important to me as I get older, because it's like, you don't want your life to have meant nothing to them, that there was nothing spoken into their lives by a Nana. You know, you want to be able to think that, you know, in, in 20 years, they'll look back and say, I'll never forget the time Nana told me this, or I, you know, right. this is something I've used in my life because this is something I saw in Nana. Um, so I think just like you said, if you don't take time to listen to them when they're young, don't expect them to listen to you when you're old yeah. or when they're old, <laughs> Well,
0: and that's,
1: that's the communication, right? It's the key mm-hmm. Dawn, right? It so, really is. It is. And it's understanding kind of where, where they're at. And that's something that is new. Because it used to be back in our, when we were young, when we were kids, it wasn't about anyone understanding where we were at. It was about us understanding where the adults were at and we acclimated to them. And now the world has changed and and I can explain why, but the world has changed and now we're more acclimating to our kids. And for some people that they have a real resistance to that because it's like no I earned this spot I put my time I'm in I'm the mom yeah so now and I'm not and what I'm not saying that we acquiesce to our kids that's a whole different thing acquiesce is when I give in to you that's not what I'm saying acclimate is when I try to get in and have some empathy for your world and what you're going through and understand that what you're experiencing is not what I experienced. I mean, if you when I think about even my life, okay, so let's say I remember when I was in grade school, sometimes I would get bullied a little bit. I tended to be a little on the overweight side. And so kids would say things and they would make little comments and things that were kind of hurtful. But when I went home, that was over, that was done. Okay, as soon as I got home, mm-hmm. there were no kids well other than my brother. <laughs> but you know, there was <laughs> what no brothers do. Yeah, right. what brothers do. But there was no playground. There was no mm-hmm. I was home. It was a safe place. These kids, there's no safe place. Yeah. Because of smartphones, there they is no safe from. place. And even from now, I look at my millennial children who are I have young millennials, so my um they're like twenty six and twenty five. So the difference between their life and my daughter's life ten years later is completely different because although they had a cell phone, they did not have a smartphone at her age. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Because even texting, you remember when we used to text, you had to go through all the numbers, like Mm -hmm. if I want to do an L, I've got to hit it three times. (laughs) You know, so texting was not something that we weren't Well, now you can talk to it. Yeah, like exactly. It's completely different. Mm -hmm. And so even that was like our our boys did not spend that much time on their phones. Right. When it was just a regular regular. So it it was, didn't seem a big deal for them to have a phone. It was like, okay, you have a phone. You can call me from school. There's no payphone there anymore. It wasn't a big deal. But now because of how the technology has evolved into our phone is actually a computer and you can access everything all the time. And we're in these social media platforms all the time. There's a whole different pressure that comes on them because they can be bullied 24 seven. I mean, if you think that you know, like some parents think they really know everything and maybe some do, but a lot know less than they think they do. For example, Instagram. Most kids have two Instagram accounts. They have what they call a Finsta and they have what they call a Rinsta. A Finsta is their fake Instagram. That's the one that usually their youth group leaders and their parents and other people have access to. The Rinsta's is their real Instagram. That's what their close friends have access to or people that they want to, influence. Okay. So sometimes parents think they know, well, I have their Instagram. I know everything they're posting. Well, maybe you don't because chances are they have two, two accounts or more. Sometimes they have more. Sometimes they have one just for pictures. Sometimes they have one just for whatever. My daughter has one just for her hedgehog. She has one just for her dog, okay? So she, and she posts things about her dog and takes pictures and that's what she does. So they have multiple things that sometimes we're not aware of. Sometimes they're not on as much of a lockdown as we think what they are. I was recently watching a YouTube video where it's a group of kids and they were talking about things and they wanted to look something up that was not a good thing to look up. Okay. And so the one went to grab the other kid's phone and he went, no, don't use mine. He's like, oh, your parents monitor yours. How about yours? And he's like, yeah, you can use mine. Oh my. Even in the room of a group of friends. Mm -hmm. So you Mm -hmm. have to understand it
3: is not, (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. we think
3: we know and we may not really know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was thinking too, when you were saying that their friends have access to them, they have access to their friends and all that, but also then world news or world events. Like you think about how we we used to watch the news, you know, well, and we were when we were younger, there were only three channels to watch or whatever. And the news came on at five o'clock or 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Now you have 24 seven news and you have access to it all the time. So if a bombing happens on the other side of the world, you know about it. If a shooting yeah. happens, you know about it. If you know, and all these things like you just feel like it's so close yeah. because the world know, has
2: become very small.
3: Yes, very mm-hmm.
2: small. Mm-hmm. So true. So, and it's it's so true. Just even when you start thinking about wars and things that are going on, you know, they might be seven thousand miles away, but yet they feel close. You know, there's so many things that just feel so close because of the internet. So, anyways. Uh, this day is is gone. I mean (laughs) the conversation is very stimulating and I'm just sitting here kind of trying to take it in. So uh, we'd like to invite you to join us again tomorrow because we will be here and we're going to start talking about some of these different generations and uh, the things that uh, identify the different generations and then how you communicate with these generations. So we hope that you come back and join us here again tomorrow. Meanwhile thank you for being here today here in the Circle of Friends.